Hey guys, it's Jazz here with another episode of Daily Journey with Christ. Today we're actually going to be starting a new series as we dive into the book of Romans. If you've been following along, you know that we just finished going through 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians with the letters written to the Church of Corinth. With this series, we're going to dive into Romans and today we're going to read chapters 1 and 2. Just a bit about uh, where Roman stands in my life and my world is I had never actually read through the book of Romans until my church had actually done a sermon series on it last year. And in the last year, I find myself actually turning back to this chap, these chapters and this book just in general for a lot of anytime something comes up in my life and just kind of that inspiration I get through this. And I feel like every time I read it, I actually learn something else. And Or I take something in a new perspective. And I think that's one thing I love about the Bible is God always makes sure that you see what you need to hear in the moment of things you're going through. Is you can read the Bible how many times and you will always learn something. You can always grow your relationship with Christ, which is amazing as well. One thing I find with this one is with this first chapter we're going to read is judgment. And as we read, you'll realize the importance of staying away from a judgmental mindset. But for now, let's dive into God's word. And as usual, I will conclude this episode off with a fact of the day that I have learned. But for now, let's dive into God's word. Romans chapter one, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures regarding his son, who, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in the power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, through him we have received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit, is preaching the gospel of his Son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last by God's will the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now. In order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am eager to preach the gospel as you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jews then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. 
The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the guarding of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, and that they do not ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, deceit, and malice. They are goss gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey, disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree, decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. Romans chapter 2 You, therefore, have no excuse you who judge, for you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who have passed judgment do the same things. Now, we know that God's judgments against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, so when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things, you do think you will escape to God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? Forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. But because of your stubbornness and your unre unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who, by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, immorality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who will reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good 
first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consequences are bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God, If you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who adore idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. So then... If those who are not circumcised keep laws of requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. A person is not a Jew who is the only outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No. A person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is the circumcision of the heart, by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. And that is Romans chapter 1 and chapter 2. I think for myself, like as I'm looking back here, is the one thing that's kind of sticking out for me is realizing that like, the wrath of God has been revealed many times throughout the Bible. And God gives us so many second chances, which we should be thankful for. Because at the end of the day, we all sin. And it's not our job, like this says, is it's not our job to judge other people. And I know I'm personally guilty of this. And I thank God for my forgiveness. And I try to turn away from that judgment. Because... It's not my job to judge someone. I don't, you don't always know what's going on in someone's life. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors is we only see what others want us to see. And if you have that person in your life that is willing to be vulnerable and open with you, those are the friendships you want to keep. And this is what God's seeking from us is he wants our vulnerability. He wants us to admit our sins and realize that we know that he is almighty and that He is the true judgment of our actions. And it's not 
my actions today should not benefit, not benefit. My actions today should not be judged by my friends or I shouldn't worry about that because one thing I have struggled with and it's taken me a long time to admit this is I have always seeked the approval of other people. And that's because I needed the constant affirmation of that I'm needed, I'm loved, I'm wanted. And that w- that's with uh, friends, family, romantic partner. Like, no matter what, I'm always seeking that. And to God, that's actually a sin because I'm judging myself. And I think one thing while reading this you have to keep in mind is that it's God's, it's God's job to judge us. It is not our job to judge others. And it's especially not our job to judge ourselves. And if we're going to judge ourselves, we should only be judging our relationship with Christ and where we should be growing with it. The other thing that's kind of just like sticking out to me here that I'm just trying to find here is um, in the second part is you have to be careful what you say in our everyday world is you don't want to be what's known in our world as a hypocrite. And I know hypocrite is our earthly world word, but in the godly kingdom, that's still sin. And the definition of sin is literally anything that's keeping you from God and keeping you from God, what God has planned for you, what God has your path for. And I think that's one thing here is like when it's saying in Romans chapter two, like the thing that just keeps reminding me is like, an instructor of foolish, a teacher of children, because you have the law of um, knowledge and truth. And then it's like, um, do you, do you ever steal? Do you ever lie? And it's like all those little fab lies that we might think are just like, oh, it's a small thing. You got to remember that no sin is greater than another, um, in God's eyes. So what we call a little white lie is not a little white lie in God's eyes. That's just like, a lie in general. It's still a sin. And I think this is really important for us to realize is like, I'm just trying to figure out how to word this. And like, the thing that's coming to my heart right now is like, just be easy on yourself and realize that you are gonna make mistakes. You are going to sin. And it's taken me a long time to realize that and realize that the only opinion that truly matters to me is God's and that's what I just pray on over all of you is that you can find that peace and it's a huge thing especially when you're going through like a fear like a fear journey because that's what was holding me back is that fear of judgment the fear of failure and being able to acknowledge it was the first step to getting me to where I am today because if you don't acknowledge what's going on no one can help you is God provides people in your life that will help you get through these hard times and provide you to get through these like fear, like get you through whatever fear you're going through and the anxiety. And for me is I suffer greatly from anxiety and depression. And for the most part, I'm pretty open about it, but a lot of that stems from a fear of judgment and a fear of failure. And one thing I have, I have turned to Christ and knowing that Christ can improve my health is I've actually been able to lower my medication dose. Um, and I'm just constantly seeking God's word. And I know I've alliterated this so much, but at the end of the day, be easy on yourself and put your trust in God and just know that he is there for you. No matter what is 
he gives so many second chances. And it's not me saying, go do something because God's just going to forgive you. Is obey God because to obey God is to love God. And I think that's one thing we just have to remember here is, I think the best thing to take here as I'm looking at my notes is just like, know your sin, know your sinful, admit your sin, admit your sins. Because as soon as you can admit that, there's a huge change. And at the end of the day, you don't know what's going on in someone's life. So don't judge them. You don't know what's happening anywhere in their life. But that concludes today's episode. As usual, I do conclude it off with a fact. And the one thing I actually learned today was there's a fruit that actually supposedly tastes like chocolate pudding. And I'm not exactly sure how it tastes like chocolate pudding. Um, But I'm just bringing up the name of it here. Um, It is called a black sapote. And if you're watching here on YouTube, you can see that I have added a picture of it. And apparently it is native to Central South America and it tastes like chocolate pudding as it's like a sweet custard center. But this is one area of the world that I have not personally traveled. So maybe one day if I get to experience uh, Central South America, I'm going to try this black sapote. Sapote, I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing this right. So if any of you know what I'm pronouncing wrong, I apologize. But for now... That concludes today's episode, and I hope you join me again for uh, Romans chapter 3 and more of Romans just in general. So that concludes that, and good night, everyone.